All right, welcome to the Texas Hemp Show. This is podcast number 33. 33 podcasts in. We're still doing this thing. Coleman, how are you this afternoon? You know, I, I'm catching my breath. I, I'm licking my wounds after the last couple days, but it was a, a great Memorial Day weekend and, and really glad to be on the show again today. This, of course, is Podcast 33. is the first show that we're doing post 87th legislature here in downtown Austin with lawmakers. So we didn't get the trifecta that we were hoping for with our hemp, our expansion and decrim bills. But let's talk a little bit about what we did and what we didn't get. Yeah, no, I, I know we've been talking about the Texas three-step, and, and yeah. it, it did get tripped up a little bit. And, you know, it really was an amazing turn of events just in the last week. So last Thursday, um, or, or really two Thursdays ago, um, the, the Texas House, um, because a lot of these different bills hadn't been moving um, in the Senate, uh, the the medical expansion with HB fifteen thirty five and the decrim bill Moody's bill twenty five ninety three had really just been being held up there in the Senate. So because of that, the House adjourned early on Thursday and didn't come back until that following Monday to to give the Senate some time to to work through those bills over the weekend. And, and they really were they were there till till late on Saturday. And so coming into the last week, um, you know, we had had really quite a bit of optimism around HB 3948, the, the hemp bill. Um, that bill, you know, and we've talked about it throughout uh, these different podcasts, was, was introduced in, in March of this year. Um, a, a lot of that language was was really created by, by Senator Perry's office. It was introduced by, by Tracy King's office. And in a lot of that initial language, it was pretty clear that that the Senate, in particular, had a desire to to deal with Delta Eight. You know, there was this really concerning quote um, back in, in it was February or March in the New York Times, quoting hometown's heroes here in Austin. Um, and that quote said, "You know, you have a drug that essentially gets you high, but it's fully legal." Um, he said that the whole thing was comical. Well, I don't think that the Senate really saw that as a as a comical thing and and you know they the senate made it really clear that it was not their intention to legalize intoxicating products that hemp was really kind of the sober cousin the the grain mm-hmm. the fiber cbd there was a lot of support for cbd and and they listed cbd and and other cannabinoids as not adulterants for human and animal consumption we got a really good bill passed um that session so that language was what was introduced. The House and Tracy King pulled out any language related to consumable products, really at the behest of a lot of a lot of different stores. I know there's a lot of retailers and and different advocacy groups that you know were concerned that this would have impacted Delta Eight. So that was that was pulled out, and really kind of in retribution for for pulling that language out. Um, a really unfortunate amendment was put on on Representative Moody's decrim bill. Um, that amendment, and this was something that, that I had never seen prior to it being put onto that bill, would have defined hemp at 0.3% total THC. Now, that would have had really negative implications on hemp flour because a, a vast majority of your hemp flour – 30 days prior to harvest is going to be both compliant with Delta 9 as well as total THC. But at the point that that's harvested, 30 days later, you're still going to be compliant, 0.3 Delta 9. That's what the law says. These are the Mm -hmm. products that we're selling. But you're going to be, in most instances, above 0.3 total THC. This is really still the, the area of the hemp industry that that has the greatest potential for pending litigation at the federal level. So let me ask you, so the... The part that was in the law that was going to benefit growers was the twenty day, or breaking it, giving giving them ten more days before testing. Was that part of? That, yeah, that's part of the push that you guys were going I, for as I, well. Absolutely, and that that definitely was a priority. So, in Texas statute in HB thirteen twenty five that we passed in twenty nineteen, it specified that people had to harvest within twenty days of their pre harvest testing. The USDA final rule that was passed in March of this year expanded that to 30 days, which makes a huge difference when it comes to the liability for farmers. That language was introduced in both the House and Senate language. Um, when 
Representative King pulled out the language related to consumable hemp products and other language that that potentially would have protected, um, you know, grown in Texas labeling kind of things. They also had issues with that. When he pulled that out, he did create an, an amendment in the Texas Sunset Bill. The Texas Department of Agriculture was was in their sunset review this year. They did expand it to that 30 days. So that was definitely a, a victory um, this okay. year. Um, when, when it went back to the, the, the Senate, the, the hemp bill went back to the Senate, um, Senator Perry did agree to add an amendment to that bill that would have defined hemp as an agriculture commodity and made it available for commercial feed. Um, this would have allowed hemp for pets, for horses, for deer, for exotics, would have greatly expanded, um, Mm -hmm. not only those markets, but also, insurance and banking and really begin setting this up as a true ag commodity as it states like cotton corn wheat other crops that we have here in the state that would have been a huge push forward and that language was really following what was recently passed out of montana and a lot of the federal initiatives that are going right now to to make those same designations arguably these are things that we can do in texas right now um, because hemp is not an adulterant for human or animal consumption. But in the, the HB 1325, the 2019 version, it said that the department may make rules. When they say the department, in this instance, they're talking about the Texas State Chemist. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Texas State Chemist is a branch of Texas A&M University. They do a lot of the testing on, on different grains. And so now that this has fallen down, um, our, our focus very much will be with the Texas State Chemist to, to help advance these things forward as well. Um, you know, other things that, that were lost um, in this bill is this bill really would have expanded our genetic research with our universities, really wouldn't have put, yeah. a, put a cap on THC. And the genetics that, that most people are importing into Texas are coming from states like Oregon and Colorado that were able to operate with all species of cannabis, high THC, low THC, and were able to adapt those plants based upon um, how well they operated in that environment. Um, you know, you can take, you know, high THC varieties and breed them down over time, maintain the same, same attributes of it, but make that a compliant hemp product that would have expanded that. Um, there was a lot of provisions for, for farmers, um, that really would have deregulated a lot of very silly things that we've been doing in this program right now, like requiring people test their, their immature plants when there's no THC, there's no CBD, you know, um, (laughs) it it would have kept different people's products from being confiscated like we saw in in 2020 coming from other states, even though they had all the paperwork in place. Um, You know, other provisions um, would have allowed for more in-house testing and really would have started laying a path for people to operate with best practices similar to what you see in the supplements industry, in the pharmaceutical industry, in the food industry. I mean, these are, are things that many times are, are required by distribution groups um, and, and by insurance and banks. So it's it, it's so unfortunate to me that I think really everyone who worked on this, even those that, that ultimately killed the bill, um, agreed with 99% of, in this, of what was in this bill. Um, what exactly killed the bill? Well, so ultimately, um, two things. So the the house would not King didn't want the 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 recommendations in the bill. Right. And so and there was a lot of negotiation over the last 2 weeks and I think a lot of really good arguments were made. Um, you know, the original language would have prohibited anything over 1% total THC. Then that language got pared down to banning synthetic THC and another provision that would have given the Department of Agriculture or excuse me, Department of State Health Services the ability to define what was intoxicating or not, which, you know, was not acceptable, I think, to anyone within the hemp industry, because when you prove it, when you're prosecuting someone for a DUI, you're not proving that they were intoxicated. You're proving that they were over 0.08 blood alcohol content. You have to have some some bar- Param- some barriers, yeah. parameters, some, yeah. um, you know, and, and so that ultimately was stripped out. Um, the the Senate narrowed this down to, to where it said only synthetic THC, 
and and that ultimately was just not something that that the house was was willing to to pull out um you know the the texas hemp industries association working really closely with the texas hemp growers association uh, the lubbock area the hemp feed coalition um, the midwest hemp council the national hemp association national industrial hemp coalition uh, you know a broad coalition of of national groups mm-hmm. um, we signed a letter asking you know, mr king establishing hemp as an agriculture commodity by supporting the Senate changes and amendments to HB 1348 would be the birth of markets conceived when the hemp bill was originally passed. This bill would provide critical support for universities and higher education, decreases regulatory burdens for farmers, addresses public health and safety, provides a path for insurance and financing, and expands hemp and its byproducts for inclusion in commercial feed for animals. Um, I know that the Representative King um, had many constituents that that testified um, in the the Senate hearings. Um, you know, paid him different visits, and you know, a, a lot of those farms. Um, I mean, they they farm thousands of acres. They work with with HEB. Um, mm-hmm. and, you know, that's a that Uvalde area is is very much a, a rural area, and it's it's really unfortunate that that this didn't ultimately move forward. So, that the conflict between the House and Senate. Um, on that last day, and, and really kind of down to the wire, Senator Perry um, actually even pulled out the the synthetic language. So it, at that point, I don't know what what was holding what, it up. What was what was holding up the um, what was holding the, up the bill at that point? But um, there was a lot of different factors going on, um, you know, outside of what was going on with cannabis policy towards the end. Um, you know, the House walking out. Yeah, that was um, weird. It, later that night. In time before midnight on Sunday. Yeah, so so 1535, the medical quote-unquote expansion bill, right. passed to 1%. It did add cancer. Yes. It did add PTSD, but it removed chronic pain. Um, the, did, the the decrim bill, you know, really because it kind of got, got muddied up with what was going on with hemp and this discussion around Delta-8, an amendment was put on there. Um the, the hemp bill died on Friday night. It didn't make the calendar that night. Then the decrim bill came up on, on Saturday night. And really, because I think Delta-8 was not addressed, the lieutenant governor did not allow Senator Johnson to introduce the bill to, to, to ultimately just give it that last vote in the Senate to, to move on. Um, you know, also the the amendment that was put onto there was ruled non-germane, and so it just kind of tore that bill down. So, you know, at the end of the day, it is sad to see, you know, really tens of thousands of Texans um, get caught in the crossfire, and and not to see this bill that would have made two ounces or less of, of marijuana extracts a Class B yeah. misdemeanor versus a, versus a felony. So. Well, we're going to take a a break, and we'll get into another crossfire on the other side of this break. Our guest, Lisa Nolan from the Texas Hip Coalition, calling in. Uh, Their thoughts were with the 87th legislature. It's the Texas Hip Show. We'll be right back after this. nationally ranked CPA firm with offices across the Southeast and with clients across the globe. Over the last few years, our firm has developed a niche in the agriculture and cannabis industry. We understand the unique challenges growers and processors face every day, including addressing challenges resulting from the USDA and DEA final interim rules, banking and insurance concerns for cannabis businesses, unique farming challenges associated with hemp and high THC cannabis, and GMP clean room management and general management for business in the rapidly changing cannabis market. Our seasoned team of professionals can help you meet these challenges with sound business, tax, financial, accounting, and technology advice. Visit CRICPA.com to find out more or schedule your free introductory consultation. That's CRICPA.com. 
The third annual Southern Hemp Expo is now open for exhibitor and sponsor registration. This year's event will take place at the Convention Center in Raleigh, North Carolina on September 2nd through the 4th, where we will have three days of conferences, seminars, and workshops, 250 plus exhibitors, and numerous networking and entertainment opportunities. For more information, check out southernhempexpo.com. Since 1938, TPS Lab has been guiding growers of many different crops around the world to making maximum yields and quality and solving difficult field problems with advanced innovative solutions. Hemp Plan offers the most advanced guidance to industrial hemp growers. The purpose of Hemp Plan is for you to realize the highest quality and yields with minimal THC for your crop's genetics by minimizing plant biotic and abiotic stresses. TPS Lab offers many services and options to the industrial hemp grower. Contact Joe at TPS Labs at 956-383-0739. That's 956-383-0739. That's TPS Lab. You're listening to the Texas Hemp Show, produced by your friends at the Texas Hemp Reporter. 60,000 copies published free every year. The Texas Hemp Reporter is mailed to over 2,000 licensed hemp producers in Oklahoma, New Mexico, Arkansas, Louisiana, and Texas. News, technology, trends, finance, culture, health, all things hemp in the Lone Star State. The Texas Hemp Reporter Magazine. Now, back to the show with your host, Russell Dowden. All right, welcome back to the Texas Hemp Show. I am Russell Dowden, the publisher for the Texas Hemp Reporter magazine. And uh, joining me always is Coleman Hemphill of the Texas Hemp Industries Association. Hi, Coleman. Hello, Russell. Great to be with you. Right on, man. Uh, good, to, good to do this show again and, and kind of get back in the, in the seat here and, and, and get, get, get another show in. Podcast 33, man. And, um, and I think we're going to be able to pull this KLBJ show thing off in the first week of July. You know, it's 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 coming to that point. I know that having the magazine in the Texas Capitol really made oh, a lot of great yeah, waves. Yeah, how did that go? I haven't really followed up with your your input on that because you've been so busy down there, uh, and then you missed a show because you were down there last Wednesday. So yeah, Jesse has said that one of the representatives down there got some clarification on one of Jeff's, Jesse's articles that was in the magazine about Delta 9 or Delta 8. And what did you hear about the lawmakers getting the Texas Hemp Reporter last, last issues down there? Well, I, I have learned and really encouraged <laughs> that, that we have some more listeners right now. Um, <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's going to be a really fun opportunity for, for call-ins and different questions as the, the show continues to mature because we, we really do want to see all angles. And I think Jesse does a really good job at, at being a objective and and identifying what the law is and where the conflicts are and, and where the potential pitfalls are um you know i know you know i think you were calling down there um you know, you oh, got, you got oh, yeah you gotta call back and yeah no i i called and actually rep king representative king called me back i had just gotten your email and so i hadn't read every single detail on it i knew that um uh, you guys had some changes that y'all wanted input in there, and he called me back, and and I, I expressed some of that concern, and also wanted Representative King to know that hey, you want to come on the podcast ever? Uh, we 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 appreciate what you guys are trying to do, and we're all really trying to get this uh, this work done. But I think what we spoke to off air, Coleman, and and the fact that there's a special session going to come up in September. We know that legislatures are going to meet again for some other bills, particularly that voting one that the Democrats walked out on last week. Um, but um, I think we all want to remain optimistic that maybe perhaps this hemp bill, if not the, even maybe even the decrim bill, they got so close, Coleman. We just kind of ran out of daylight uh, in session there in many ways, literally. It, it was it was amazing. There are, there are more steps in the process than I knew um, <laughs> this year. You know, literally, you know, one one signature away on on both of these bills you know both of those bills passed the house and senate you know had made it through all the different committees and and both died and you know i know that um you know again that decrim bill you know having two ounces or less being a, a class b misdemeanor versus a felony you know that means someone that had a gummy in their car as it stands right now in texas law is holding a felony or someone has a vape cartridge one vape cartridge 
um, this would have changed that that narrative tremendously. And I know from a from a cannabis broadly standpoint, that was a, a real priority item. Um, the the hemp bill, you know, I think um, was very supported in the in the Senate. Um, and and I, you know, I hope by the governor. You know, ultimately the governor has has control on on what items are brought up in the special session. And and like you said, we do know the special session is coming. Um, so this is a redistricting year. Mm-hmm. You know, the the census gets finished up, and um, they they go to to cutting up the cutting up the the districts again. Um, Texas did pick up a couple congressional seats, and so that'll be interesting to to kind of see how that plays out. And then they also have to discuss, I think, the $16 billion worth of, of federal aid that's coming into the state. Hopefully that gets moved towards a, an area that has a solid return on investment, mm-hmm. not only for, for business but for society as a whole um, with, with really supporting hemp. Um, and then, you know, there was also, like you're saying, the very last night, um, the, a number of Democrats in the House – uh, walked out of the house so that they weren't able to get a quorum and they weren't able to vote on on several different items. Um, so you know, hopeful to to see these things come back up and and um, so we can have some more discussion and see if we can't can't make some positive positive change. Yeah, we we need to we need to get a couple of things up. I mean, it, it was really disappointing for me to, to for us to get that close and then not get all the things implemented that um, that that we we wanted and hopefully hopefully we don't have to wait another two years for, for these changes to be implemented joining us this week here on the uh, texas hemp show is elisa nolan serving there as the executive director for the texas hemp coalition uh, miss nolan's one of the few lobbyists that worked to pass hb 1325 which made legal legal to grow and process hemp in texas and she serves as a government affairs consultant for booth and associates pc where she works to build policy through stakeholder collaboration and educating clients on cutting-edge issues surrounding state and federal environmental matters, especially topics involving agriculture, rural affairs, and environmental issues. How are you, Miss Nolan? Thanks for joining the Texas Hemp Show. Well, thank you so much. How are y'all doing? I've been taking a little bit of time to myself. I'm not going to lie, but happy to be on this podcast with y'all. Well, thank you. Thank you for joining us. I uh, I guess you're you're not in town anymore. You, don't, you, you can get back home now th- this time of year, can't you? Yeah, I actually, uh, I was able to go back home and spend uh, Memorial Day weekend with my family in Northeast Texas, and so I'm still here enjoying some time, but I'll be back in Austin tomorrow, and we'll continue to work on, you know, the rulemaking process. The work doesn't stop now. That session's over. Actually, the real work begins, so um, it's been nice to, you know, unplug for a few days. Well, it is nice to unplug, and, and can you tell us a little bit about what are some of the challenges that you or the constituents or all, uh, collectively, what were some of the challenges in, that we faced here in the 87th legislature, Lisa? I know we expansion on the medical bill wasn't expanded, what I, what's what I thought we might have, or what was represented, and then, of course, the other two bills that I know that the, the hemp bill didn't make it, as well as the, the decrim, so... Uh, what were some of the biggest challenges you you felt going in facing with the legislatures? Well, you know, when the session started, we um, started working on HB 3948 that was uh, authored by Representative Tracy King. And primarily that bill was supposed to be a hemp cleanup bill. Uh, the language that was in that legislation was reflective of the changes that were made by USDA for all of the final rules. So we tried to focus on it as something that was industry, you know, supported. You know, as it got passed out of the House, you know, we were very happy with it, industry-wide support. Once it got over to the Senate, they started putting in uh, a little more heavy regulations than what we would want to see in our state that would tie our hands a little bit, and I'm sure more. To finish my point real quick is that, you know, we had a beautiful piece of legislation that got over to the Senate, had a little bit more regulation on there, and, um, you know, we we had to kind of fight, you know, the lesser, find the lesser of two evils, you know, which was supporting a bill that we passed out of the House, even though they had more regulations put on the Senate, and really supporting the viable business and industries that are in Texas at this moment. And so that's what we primarily had to do was support our legislation that went through the House, even though there was a lot of wonderful amendments and language that was added on the Senate side. There was just one section that kind of was a, 
not not as supported as we would have liked to have seen. So that's why what ultimately happened to that legislation. Yeah. So, so Alyssa, the the language related to consumable hemp was was in the original introduced version, and then was taken out in the House, and then put back yes. in in the Senate. I see. Um, so I, I know that there was a lot of discussion and, and a lot of, you know, I think good concern around some of the language related to total THC. Um, you know, a lot of what I heard from different folks is, you know, in the natural extraction of the plant, you know, you've got very low levels of Delta-8 and Delta-9 that when concentrated up could be around, you know, 0.7 to 1%. Um, and there were different discussions related to, to putting caps on those. And, and ultimately, um, you know, what was passed out of the Senate and sent back to the House was related to, to synthetic THC. Could you kind of expand upon that and where the contention was around synthetic THC? So in the original form of the legislation, um, it had different language, which was ultimately what was put in by the Senate. They had language that said intoxicating and synthetic. However, there were also amendments and other pieces of legislation that stated, put in by the same author, uh, put in that stated that it had to be total THC under, you know, 0.3% on a dry weight basis. So on, in our, you know, from my clients and my board members, it was something that could, would have, you know, potentially really threatened them, um, the way that they could do business in the state of Texas what consumers wanted into in the state and what the majority of industry that actually has businesses right now, it would have affected them greatly. So with that language, I mean, total THC could have taken out the hemp flower market. I mean, it could take out certain products when you think of, you know, counting everything up to reach that 0.3% if it was total THC. Um, it also is up to interpretation. That legislation, the language that was put in in the Senate said that the Department of State and Health Services would be the ones uh, deciding what was considered intoxicating and what was considered in the synthetic. And in our position, we didn't feel like it was necessary for the Department of State and Health Services to be able to make those decisions as quickly as they would be able to. So that's why we decided to go in and really advocate against that. Uh, we gotcha. enjoy working with them and we have good relationships, but we just don't want any more heavy regulation. Uh, we want, obviously, we didn't want anything in statute. Everything is up to interpretation as well. So that's, that's where our stance is, and that's why we advocated that on what our position was, which was to support a hemp cleanup bill, nothing more added to it, no more regulation. Yeah, so you would say that the, this language, because, I mean, they did ultimately pull out the language related to, to intoxication because of its arbitrary nature. So that, that was pulled out. Um, but you would say that, you know, the synthetic language was really kind of geared towards shutting down Delta-8 synthetic or intoxicating consumable products, and that's not something that you could justify? Exactly. Okay, and do you feel like synthetic products, um, you know, would, I mean, how, how would synthetic products be to the detriment of, of the people that you're working with now? It's all up to interpretation through processing, and what those processors have to do through the chemical process. It's also an interpretation of what is considered synthetic or not. Yeah. Um, again, I represented the interests of those groups, and we are past that during session, and I'm sure that they can explain more, but uh, I can only say so much at this moment. Yeah. Well, retailers obviously want to see that stay impl implemented, but somehow this affected farmers and a lot uh, of the things I, I know – uh, Coleman, you guys were working on some some aspects with the farming that that unfortunately you 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 know those things didn't get through. Yeah, you know we we were really upset to to see that ag commodity that that would really you know take a a may to a shall um, in in regulating those things not move forward. But um, you know, Alyssa, I wanted to to ask, um, have you tried Delta Eight products? I represent my client and the members of my board. It is not my opinion that matters, nor my stance on an issue. It is the opinion of the industry and those that have viable businesses in the industry at this moment. I am merely a representative and a liaison for them. Have you ever tried the products that you're advocating for? Again, it does not matter if I have tried the product or not. I represent the industry as a whole and what they believe will be viable for their business. For sure. Well, I, I know that this has been an issue, you know, the Delta 8 thing nationwide. 
um, over the last several months. And there's certainly a, a difference between this discussion in Colorado and Oregon, you know, states that have, you know, laws that allow for, for higher levels of, of Delta 9 and, you know, have age limits around these different things. What, what kind of conflicts do you think exist for synthetic THC and Delta 8 as we move forward to, you know, trying to, to see some, some further reform in, in with Delta 9? Do you see, you know, Delta 8 in the future being regulated similar to Delta 9? Or do you think that this is something that, you know, will be allowed for children and nursing mothers? Um, do you think there's kind of a dividing line between, um, naturally derived hemp products, the CBDs, the different things that, that people have been purchasing right now versus these things? We definitely would like to see regulation on certain hemp-derived products, but we were not given that option this legislative session. So we had to protect the viability of our businesses and their interests. However, we are working with certain groups to kind of come up with what certain regulations would look like. We do believe that these are federal issues, and we would like to see the federal government make a decision before we further tie the hands right. of the interests of people in the state of Texas. So, and, what, and also remember this. Look, we support 100% the farmers. That's why we had an amendment that we structured from the Texas Hemp Coalition to go into the TDA Sunset Bill, SB 703, that now allows for farmers to be able to extend their pre-harvest testing window from 20 days to 30 days. That's the only thing that was needed in statute for the Texas Department of Agriculture. Everything else can be done in rulemaking at TDA, rulemaking at Department of State and Health Services. Alyssa, we've you, reached out with them. We will be having conversations as well. You, you, as far as the hemp feed and grain amendments go, we're fully supportive of those as well. However, they were brought in at the very, very end, the last week of session. That's something that we definitely are supportive of and would have been supportive of this entire time. It's very unfortunate they got caught up in the mix of you know, bad language that was in the bill that could have been detrimental to our industry. But we're happy to work on all of those issues in the future. And that's why we're connected to groups like the Hemp Seed do, Coalition and work well with other groups as well. Do you think that, I mean, you know that the governor's going to call for a special session in, later in the year for some unfinished business uh, with the Democrats. Do you think some of these bills that got so close might come back up in a special session? If they do, we'll be prepared to advocate further. Excellent. So, so final question. Um, so, Alyssa, if if the federal government were to to regulate Delta A, or say, for instance, there was a, a variety which which there isn't currently that was high in Delta A, do you think that those things would be treated like Delta Nine, or do you think they'd be treated like CBD and, and other hemp derived cannabinoids? At this moment, I am going to fall on our partners like the Hemp Industries Association that we're an affiliate of. U.S. and Brown table that we're an affiliate of as well to see, you know, how what their stance will be like and work with them. We are the state group, the federal group. That's why we're connected to them to help do those, to do that work together. So we will help make those decisions and advocate further at this moment. I do not know what that will look like, but we would like to see anything that is derived from the hemp plant be protected. Alyssa Nolan, our guest from the Texas Hemp Coalition. Can you fire off your website and tell folks how more about your work and how they can get involved with you guys there at the Texas Hemp Coalition? Sure, yeah. Our website is uh, www.texashempcoalition.org. We're open for membership. We have membership for businesses, which would be manufacturers and processors, farmers, and also if you're an individual advocate that would like to support our efforts, you can join there as well. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, so come follow us. We try to keep everyone up to date with what they're doing. Uh, so it's going to be a long fight ahead. So join us and help us uh, with our efforts to move forward. Well, very cool. We look forward to working with you guys at the Texas Hemp Reporter as well. And enjoy the, t the break for while you have it, Alyssa. I know you guys will be hard back at work next uh, next session as we've got some time here to kind of look at our elected officials here in 2022. But, um, but, but thank you for being a part of the Texas Hemp Show. We wish you the best, Alyssa. Well, Russell, I really appreciate you having me on as a guest. Awesome. Thank you so much. We'll see you soon. Thank you. Of course. Bye-bye. Um, All right, there she goes. Well, very cool. Texas Hip Coalition chiming in here with Russell and, and Coleman from the Texas Hemp Industries Association. And uh, what do you think, man? 
Well, I, I mean, the, the one other question that I didn't get to ask is, you know, what was lost by, by not being able to expand genetics? You know, I know one of the issues that a lot of our, our hemp farmers had this last year, both on the cannabinoid producing side as well as grain and fiber, was, was viable seed. You know, seed that was feminized when you're looking to, to grow feminized plants and, mm -hmm. and um, that, that you had an idea of when to plant and to harvest. That was lost in this bill. I think I think she would admit that that there was a lot that was really good in this bill, that really around the bone of contention with synthetic THC, which the Senate did ultimately pull out, even there at the very end, um, that this bill died. And what I got from her too is that they just didn't want more regulation. That was really, I guess, the hard stance that that group and her her constituents, you know, advocated for. Is they didn't want more regulation. That's yeah, what I kind of got and, from her and there. You, you kind of run, you know, this this line between, you know, not wanting regulation and and getting the regulation that you deserve when it happens. Um, and and it's it'll be an interesting thing to, to see how things play out um, on this topic. But uh, let's take yeah. a let's take a quick commercial break. We'll come right back. Coleman and I will be right here. It's the Texas Hemp Show podcast number thirty three. Getting funky on the mic like an old batch of collard greens. CRI is a top 25 nationally ranked CPA firm with offices across the Southeast and with clients across the globe. Over the last few years, our firm has developed a niche in the agriculture and cannabis industry. We understand the unique challenges growers and processors face every day, including addressing challenges resulting from the USDA and DEA final interim rules, banking and insurance concerns for cannabis businesses, unique farming challenges associated with hemp and high THC cannabis, and GMP clean room management and general management for business in the rapidly changing cannabis market. Our seasoned team of professionals can help you meet these challenges with sound business, tax, financial, accounting, and technology advice. Visit CRICPA.com to find out more or schedule your free introductory consultation. That's CRICPA.com. The third annual Southern Hip Expo is now open for exhibitor and sponsor registration. This year's event will take place at the Convention Center in Raleigh, North Carolina on September 2nd through the 4th, where we will have three days of conferences, seminars, and workshops, 250 plus exhibitors, and numerous networking and entertainment opportunities. For more information, check out southernhempexpo.com. Since 1938, TPS Lab has been guiding growers of many different crops around the world to making maximum yields and quality and solving difficult field problems with advanced innovative solutions. Hemp Plan offers the most advanced guidance to industrial hemp growers. The purpose of Hemp Plan is for you to realize the highest quality and yields with minimal THC for your crop's genetics by minimizing plant biotic and abiotic stresses. TPS Lab offers many services and options to the industrial hemp grower. Contact Joe at TPS Labs at 956-383-0739. That's 956-383-0739. That's TPS Lab. You're listening to the Texas Hemp Show, produced by your friends at the Texas Hemp Reporter. 60,000 copies published free every year. The Texas Hemp Reporter is mailed to over 2,000 licensed hemp producers in Oklahoma, New Mexico, Arkansas, Louisiana, and Texas. News, technology, trends, finance, culture, health, all things hemp in the Lone Star State. The Texas Hemp Reporter Magazine. Now, back to the show with your host, Russell Dowden. All right, welcome back to the Texas Hemp Show. I am Russell Dowden, publisher for the Texas Hemp Reporter Magazine and uh, Coleman Hemphill riding shotgun this week. Jesse is out of town. Jesse Williams joining his entourage up there at the um, Dallas meeting that they're having up there. So that was why Jesse couldn't make it this week, Coleman. He yeah, was no. uh, he's actually going up to have that meeting with Austin and uh, and the uh, the whole crew there. I know they were, had that event was sponsored by our friends over at Oak Cliff Cultivators and several law firms or even they got several sponsors for that so it's, it's good to see uh, them having a little power of their own over there at the uh, Texas Cannabis Collective yeah no they they've made that a pretty regular kind of event do they do that what every, once a month well or? that's their first one. Oh, this is their first yeah, one excellent so I told them you know have one closer and I'll go to that I just couldn't <laughs> drive all the way to Dallas right now I just yeah and Dalton O'Neill and, and all yeah, the Earth yeah, X Dalton folks I, I know are, yep. are involved up there and uh, you know 
love to get Justin Pincus on sometime. He uh, just came out with a new line of, of pre rolls called the Texas Tornado. It's uh, oh it's, yeah, it's it's uh, definitely kind of a, a popping deal. Little uh, who was the guy that we had dinner with that had the toothpicks? The toothpicks. Uh, but I didn't get a toothpick. I wanted a toothpick. Yeah, that was that was a, <laughs> so, a, a, a different kind of, of, of product than than I had ever had. It uh, was an was it C- toothpick. Was it infused CBD toothpick? Right. I, I believe so. Yeah, that was uh, that was great. Well, you know, I, we said it earlier. <laughs> I'm I'm so excited that that this latest magazine was there at the Capitol. That you know, cool. So, so many of these bankers were, or so many of these representatives were able to see so many banks. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I know. Um, you know, there's still a lot of work to be done on on banking and kind of expanding those things out. But just kind of giving that foundation and you know, showing regular business. Um, well, I'm glad that the lawmakers got to see that there's a publication. You know, that they can actually pick up and and we'll we'll still mail these to their offices. I think that we may mail them to their their districts, you know, respectively, well, even if they're not in session here, we can still mail those out to them. Uh, we're working on our new one right now, which will be out in July. I've got some articles uh, uh, coming up with some interviews. I think we've got an interview with Sid Miller coming up again. Sid's supposed to be on the podcast. I've got, uh, what else? We have uh, filmmaker Kevin Booth, who's going to be on my podcast next week. Kevin did a film called The American Drug War. A very provocative film, and um, he is actually coming on with uh, Free Ray Ricky Ross, who was in that documentary. So Free Ray Ricky Ross is going to be on next week with Kevin, and actually Kevin, we were gonna, we were interviewing Col- Colin. We were going to interview Ricky Ross for the magazine, but it's also an audio recording. And then because Ricky knew Kevin from having worked together in their in the film uh, that, Ke- that Kevin Booth did, American Drug War, some years ago, uh, they know each other. So I actually asked Kevin to chime in on the show next week with Ricky Ross as they know each other. So I thought that would be cool. Following week after that, we'll have um, Longhorn Wellness on talking about uh, some of their products. They've got a new retail store they're putting together at Longhorn Wellness on the 16th of July. And then the following week, Sid Miller, uh, Ag Commissioner, will be on joining us here on the uh, Texas Hemp Show. And and then uh, sometime late in the month of June, we are going to look to probably take one of those, either Sid Miller or maybe possibly the Tommy Chong interview. I've got an interview with Tommy Chong that's coming up of – I've interviewed him before in the past about his comedy, but this is the first time I'm going to be talking to him about CBD and how it's helped him in his recovery of, of two forms of not one but two forms of cancer he's taken cbd um and we'll talk about his recovery as a as a, uh as it relates to uh, him having uh, uh defeated cancer with those cbd products it led him to actually create his own cbd product line so he's got a uh, I think he's got his uh, another product line too possibly but we were going to talk to him about that so unique that um this will be my third interview with Tommy Chong We've always interviewed him on his comedy. This time, we, we kind of talk about the health and wellness and the, the cannabis side of things that, that he's involved in. So that's something that we are all got all cooking. And, and then the plan is, Coleman, is to have either Sid or Tommy be one of those first two, one or two interviews on that KLBJ radio program that we're going to be doing I, on the weekends. I think that would be awesome. You know, we, we talked about the, the special session that will be coming around redistricting. Mm. And another thing with our legislature this year is – all the representatives, all the senators, the governor, lieutenant governor, attorney general, everyone is up for election this next year. So it's hallelujah. Gonna be, it's going to be a, a really good opportunity. So you know, with the the tough session that I think we all experience, um, there is an opportunity to to continue to advocate and and connect with your representatives and senators as they will begin coming back into district probably a lot more regularly and and begin campaigning. I know that. The filing deadline to announce for a state elected position is, I believe, in December of this yeah. year, and so there will probably be you know quite a few things coming up um, over the next several months that um, you know we'll, we'll probably have a little intrigue, kind of have a little Texas drama, and, and yeah, I, where's I, that I, Matthew McConaughey stand yeah. on that kind of deal? He, Matthew may throw his hat in. There's rumor that Sid may throw his hat in there. Uh, for something besides uh, ag-, ag commissioner, so we don't know where that is. But but you're right. In December, we will know because I believe that is the deadline. So 
Uh, they'll start um, making the announcement who's going to be running for elected office in 2022. I'm, I was talking to the girls down at Normal and, and Texans for Responsible Marijuana Policy, Heather. I thought um, they, we all, they had that powwow on Monday. I went over there for that. I didn't see you there, but some legislators came, and um, it was the little powwow they had, kind of a group, um, thanking everyone for their efforts there in the, in the 87th. But I asked them, I said, hey, if can we print like a – is there a list of the candidates that we can print Coleman in the and and it would be cool I thought you know next year before they we go to vote voters could we we could print something in there that kind of gives them a, a profile on these candidates uh, that that you know how they how they to sway their vote or or to have them be more informed on the cannabis candidate essentially yeah I, I think we can all agree that with with expansion of of you know, real cannabis reform. You know, I would love to see a, a real cannabis omnibus kind of bill, you know, <laughs> something that that expands the, the genetics, the research, deregulates the hemp industry, allows for ag commodities, you know, a bill that decriminalizes extracts in this state and, and a bill that really provides substantial um, expansion of, of medical in this state. Um, if, if we're able to, to address Delta 9 and, and put it in a framework that's really functional for people, which it's not right now, um, you know, this is kind of a, a continuation of what's really been a failed program with that teacup program. I think they've had maybe 5,000 patients over the last six years and have spent millions of dollars into that program um, that hasn't been real effective. Um, to give them 5% medicine. Well, and, and now just 1% medicine. Um, so 1% is the federal definition for negligent for hemp. So it, it in effect it still is is a, a low THC. It's it's kind of you're kind of hard pressed to to call that a, a medical a medical program. It, these things need to change and and we need to I I know when I got involved in the hemp industry, my intention was not to produce synthetic products to to put out to folks. Mm -hmm. And I you know, I I've I've contended that you know, a, a good portion of the Delta-8 products that, that are being sold in the state currently have a high level of Delta-9. And I, I continue to implore the different retailers selling those products to make sure that you're getting those products tested. I, I work with ionization labs here in Austin, Texas, a very well-trusted ISO certified yeah. lab providing potency testing. Um, Get your potency you know, testing right there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and make sure that, that you're operating compliant. Um, you know, certainly... You know, we, we want to be following the law. We don't want to get a black eye around Delta-8 when, you know, assuming we, we see change with the, the federal government, because next year is also a, a big midterm at the federal level as well. Um, you know, uh, Senator Schumer has made it pretty clear that he's looking to push that forward um, as kind of a, a primary midterm issue. You know, there's still a lot of opportunity to, to push these things. And you know, we're making these recognitions and, and talking about the kind of post post session um, event. You know, I, I do want to give special thanks to, to Tillery Sims with the Texas Hemp Growers Association and Hunter Buffington with the Hemp Fee Coalition. Uh, they're they're executive directors that they really put a lot of work in to that to that ag. Um, and, and feed amendment. It, this is something that... That's exciting. Know, yeah, you know, we had advocated for consistently. Um, it was unfortunate that it was introduced late in the session, so hopefully we can see that, can see that move forward. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, I, I was really also kind of disappointed to, to see um, the, the U.S. Hemp Roundtable and the, the Hemp Industries Association that, that Alyssa mentioned earlier that I believe was insolvent a year ago and i know you know i'm no longer a an affiliate um you know the texas hemp industries association we are a separate entity and and i believe all of their other state chapters left as well um really my, my, re really trying to to kill <laughs> to kill this bill um around support for synthetic thc which is ultimately kind of what that final language was and and mm -hmm. what ultimately killed that hemp bill and, and also greatly impacted a, a very good decrim bill. 
Well, uh, hopefully there'll be more, uh, you know, bipartisan work as we go into the future with um, with getting into the 88th legislature a couple of a couple of years down the road here. But uh, remind our listeners that you know, hey, vote. It's important to get out there and and vote for vote the guys that you want in and vote the guys you don't want out. And uh, we'll see what we can make, you know, with the uh, with the 88th legislature. But it's been it's been a, a good. A good run here. We'll see what we can make some change. Any final thoughts as we close the show this week, Coleman? You know, I, I think we we just have to um, we have to continue to endure. There's a, a great quote um, said that success is not final, and failure is not fatal. It's the courage that continues that counts. And so we will continue to move forward to to promote hemp as as a an ag commodity for grain and fiber, cannabinoids um, in supplements and foods. Um, hemp still has a, a great future ahead of this. Absolutely. And, and um, we are encouraged to, to move forward. Uh, you can visit us at txhia.org. Um, I will be posting our expansive uh, summary on, on the session and um, look forward to, to connecting with you more. Uh, last shout out, um, I believe there is an event <laughs> coming out um, what you got? In, in Dallas. The uh, the Lucky Leaf Expo will be coming up That's um, right. mid-July. That um, is coming up in July. I think we'll probably have another ad for them in the Texas Hemp Reporter. And I'd like to get the uh, Chad maybe on the program. He uh, we, needed, we were supposed to have him on for before the Austin one, so we'll get him on to talk about what they've got cooking. And then there's still yet another one, I believe, in Houston. Later in the year, so that's a, that's part of that Texas Triangle. There was three of those Lucky Leaf Expos. So one was Austin that we went to in May. The next one here be in Dallas, and then I believe uh, the the third one is either in San Antonio or Houston. But uh, uh, good stuff. Uh, we are going to be putting our July issue of the Texas Hemp Reporter. We'll be looking for that to come out the first week of July, and uh, lots of uh, lots of good stuff coming up with that. We just keep putting a better product out every month that we do this, and, and we're getting better at it. Uh, so we're uh, very happy that uh, we got some exciting interviews coming up. Next week, though, join us on the program with, again, Freeway Ricky Ross and filmmaker, my friend Kevin Booth, director of the American Drug War film, will be on the program next week. And then following that, uh, Longhorn Wellness and then Sid Miller of the Texas Department of Agriculture on the 23rd, followed by Bright Ideas Hydroponics on the 30th. So uh, things are heating up here as we get into the summer. And uh, thanks for tuning in. And follow us online on Twitter and Facebook, on Instagram. Look up uh, TX Hemp Reporter. And uh, online, of course, at TexasHempReporter.com. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. Thank you, Coleman, for joining us. Thank you. Thank you.